Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. off the ground right now. I don't know. I, I'm like on the, one of those hoverboards. I've never been on one, but I'm kind of there. Uh, welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us online. We're so glad you're with us. I'm Chip Freed. <clears throat> I get the privilege to just kind of hang out here at Garfield Memorial Church. Um, what a day. What a day. How about Angie Rose? How about Angie? My God. <clears throat> it, it, if you don't know what the Dove Awards are, they're like the Oscars of the Christian music uh, world. Is it any wonder she was a finalist? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not, Grace, I can't say finalist, nominee. Um, we've been going back and forth on that. But my gosh, what an anointing she left in this place. Uh, we're going to pass the baskets again because we're going to move her to Cleveland. You ready? Okay. All right. Um, what, a, what an amazing day. I have the privilege to... Uh, um, share an introduction of a preacher today who's become my good friend. Um, Greg Nettle is the president of Stadia Church Planning, which is the second largest uh, church planning network in the world. Uh, During 2020, when I was over in the fetal position, uh, you know, in the corner of my room, this brother was planning over 2,000 churches across the world. and, and, and Greg uh, uh, has uh, planted River Tree Church in Canton, a multi-site church. It's one of the largest churches in Ohio, uh, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, many, many people. And Greg and his wife, Julie, who have be, just become dear friends of the Freeds. Um, I don't know what season we're in ministry together, but I'm so glad for it right now. I'm just claiming it. Uh, ministry is lonely. If you don't know that, it's lonely. And so when God sends you friends, you just go, yeah. Um, and uh, Terry and I love love the nettles so much. Tabitha, Elijah, their kids are amazing. And, uh, and, and they've already deposited uh, a lot of who they are here at Garfield. They've met with our staff. Uh, he coached, you know, Julie coaches me up. Um, and uh, uh, they've been a part of our small groups. But th- this is not a rent-a-preacher. These are, this is a family that has moved to Cleveland to be part of this community, to make a stand for Jesus. And for whatever reason at this time, they put their flag in the ground at Garfield Memorial Church. I am so excited. Let's, I, I, I want to do a little better than like, like the Cavs didn't do so great yesterday. But act like LeBron came back and give Greg Nettle a big cheer. Let's go. Garfield uh, Memorial, it is such an honor for me to get to be here with you uh, this weekend. And it's such an unexpected victory, which is what I want us to learn about together this weekend. Um, 
We moved into Cleveland June 1st of last year, and I'll share a little more about that story. But the way we found Garfield Memorial was our realtor who sold our house, her daughters are part of this church family. And she said, you have to go to Garfield Memorial. And she was right. You know, unexpected victory to find a church like this. Unexpected victory. We got any Cleveland Browns fans in the house? Yeah. Um, you know, I have to tell you, uh, I'm a diehard Browns fan. Yeah, I die hard every year. And, um, you know, right? Yeah, and, you know, just this next season, if the Browns were to win the Super Bowl, it would be an unexpected victory, right? But we'll take it. Yeah, but we'll take it. How many of you um, pay taxes? Raise your hand if you pay taxes. Okay, now, how many of you have ever gotten an unexpected refund from your taxes? Yeah, I did one time. It's an unexpected victory, isn't it, when, when that happens? Okay, for those of us who are married, um, how many of you have had your spouse, when you're getting ready for dinner, walk in the room and say, Honey, does this outfit make my butt look big? <laughs> Anybody ever have that happen? Right? Yeah, let's be honest. How many of you have ever had your spouse walk into the room before you go out to dinner and say, honey, doesn't this outfit make me look skinny? Anybody? That would be an unexpected victory, brother, right? Makes me look slender. Makes me look good. It's unexpected victory. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Palm Sunday together. Amazing time in history. When the Jewish race and so many others gathered on the street heading into Jerusalem and they threw their cloaks over a donkey that had never been ridden and Jesus sat on that donkey and Jesus rode victoriously into the city and people threw their cloaks and palm fronds onto the ground and they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amazing victory. And they were expecting, all of those people were expecting what? They were expecting Jesus to be the triumphant king who came in and overthrew the Roman government. And if that's the kind of king Jesus would be, he would have rode in on what? On a stallion, on a steed, because that's what conquering kings did. Now, but what you can't forget is that it was an honor what Jesus rode in on a donkey, a young donkey that had never been ridden, was just as great of an honor. But it signified something different about the kind of king he would be. Historically, kings that rode in on a donkey were kings of peace. And Jesus was signifying by what he rode in on and how he rode in that he would be a king of peace, to bring peace to people. Now, the people still didn't understand that. They still shouted the expectancy of the coming king who would overthrow the Roman government. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All of the children shouting and singing. But because Jesus wasn't what they expected for victory, that led to what we celebrated just over a week ago, known as Good Friday. When Jesus was put to death in one of the most excruciating ways imaginable, specifically signifying by the Roman government that Jesus was defeated, that he was conquered, that he would be humiliated. Death on a cross. And Jesus on that cross 
said, it is finished. And people didn't exactly know what that meant, did they? But we do. We do. Now, put yourself in the place of those who were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on that Sunday. And that same group of people, of many of them, just a few days later shouting, crucify him, crucify him. How could they make that shift so dramatically? It's because the victory Jesus was giving wasn't the victory that they expected. Right? But then it was Sunday. And a week ago... We all celebrated and celebrated around the world the actual victory. The victory over death. The victory of exit from the tomb. The victory that would change, transform all of history, all of time, all of eternity. But it was unexpected victory. And so you have the Jewish nation whom were expecting a king riding in to overthrow the Roman government. They were expecting that victory only to watch their hopes, their victory dreams dashed as that king was crucified. And unfortunately, even to this day, the vast majority of the Jewish nation and, quite frankly, a large percentage of this world who have never heard still have not embraced the unexpected victory of the resurrection. Because when we look at unexpected victory, one of the first things that we have to recognize is that often victory is not what you and I expected it to be. Nobody expected victory to come through Jesus' death on the cross, did they? No one. And often in our lives, victory doesn't come the way we expect it to look. But we have to accept that God is in control of our lives and that he and he alone brings the victory. Now that's hard. I mean, most of us here are born in the United States of America. We pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We bring the victory. But God says, no, 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 no. Any victory that really matters is a victory that I bring. Deuteronomy chapter 20 says, For the Lord your God is going with you. Never forget that. He's going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you the victory. And when we recognize that it's God that gives us the victory, then we have to embrace the victory no matter how it may appear. Now, that's a lot easier said than done. I get those who were shouting Hosanna on one day and were shouting crucify him a few days later because they had been let down. And some of you got married and a few years later the marriage is over and you felt like you'd been let down. Some of you have been praying for children and it hasn't happened and you feel like you've been let down. Some of you thought you had the greatest job in the world only to lose it in the pandemic and you feel like you've been let down. I got up this morning and I saw saw more shoes shootings in Louisville, Kentucky, and it broke my heart, and I feel like I've been let down. But I'll tell you what, God is the one who brings victory, and he will bring the unexpected victories, but you and I have to embrace the unexpected victories. Romans chapter 28, 28 in the message says, we can be sure, we can be certain that every detail, think about that, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into 
something good is worked into unexpected victories. <laughs> when I was 23, um, I was engaged to be married. Young, deep love. And three months before the wedding was to take place, my fiance dumped me. Ooh, like some of you feel me, don't you? It was awful. I fought depression. I was crying. My parents were trying to comfort me. What I didn't know is it was an unexpected victory. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching, you know it. I always wanted to say that to her. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. God does too. Yeah. Okay, so I'm human, right? I don't do all the unexpected victory thing really well. But, um, but as I look back at, at 23 years old, out of that pain, I could have walled that. I could have said to God, that victory, I had this victory expected, God. It did not turn out the way I had planned. I, I'm done with you. And we have that temptation, don't we? When things don't turn out the way we think the victory should happen, we have the temptation to walk away from God or not trust God anymore. It was at that time in my life when God called me to plant my first church in Dublin, Ireland. At 23 years old, much to my parents' chagrin, I moved to Dublin, Ireland by myself to start a new church. I spent the next two and a half years there working diligently to, to plant a church. But it was way more about what God was teaching me the character he was developing in Greg Nettle's life, the, the, the character he was working on, breaking and fashioning. And then I came back to northern Ohio, called at 26 to, plant, uh, to start this new church in uh, Jackson Township. It was there that I met my wife, Julie, and we'll celebrate our 30-year wedding anniversary. <laughs> this fall unexpected victory led to victory. Right? And so here I am today, married 30 years to the love of my life, two beautiful children. I went to start a church which led to me becoming president of Stadia Global Church Planting. None of that would have happened if I hadn't embraced the unexpected victory when I was 23 years. Now listen, I have, I have messed up enough times, right? I'm just telling you the good stories. That's what we do, Chip. But it's unexpected victory. My wife and I, um, Elijah, our son, who was 14 when, when we moved to Cleveland, he's 15 now, he's a freshman in high school up here. Um, we'd been on a journey of kingdom diversity for quite a lot of years. But where God had called us in River Tree Christian Church, where our central campus, our biggest campus was, Jackson Township, about an hour south of here, is about 98% white. And so Julie and I, on our journey, had been move, uh, looking to move into a diverse area 
for quite a few years. And so we just assumed it would be into downtown Canton, into the city of Canton. Our parents are aging. They live near us. We wanted to stay near them to not abandon them in their old age. But man, we made offers on houses. We tried to find the right place. We looked at <laughs> buying a warehouse and renovating it. And, it. and the doors just didn't open. And we just couldn't understand it because we, did, we knew God was moving us in this direction of kingdom diversity and we just couldn't understand why he wasn't opening the doors. But it was unexpected victory because, gosh, just December a year ago, Julie and I came on a day date to Cleveland. We went to see the Van Gogh experience. We had lunch in Little Italy. And then we went to the Botanical Gardens, which is one of my favorite places in Cleveland. And on the way home, I looked at Julie and we both said at the same time, we could move to Cleveland. And do you know, within five months, we were here. We had sold our home to the realtor, the realtor sold it, whose daughters are part of this church. And we had moved into a condominium right on Shaker Square, where we are the minority racially. And I'll tell you what, it has been the best decision we have ever made. Because see, here's the deal. So much good came out of River Tree, okay? I'm not, I'm not dog in River Tree where I served. But for years and years, our lives were spent trying to help and to heal people of color. And a lot of good came from that. But you know what we're doing now? We are being helped and healed by people of color. And it is beautiful, and it is wondrous, and it hasn't always been easy, and it's been painful what we're learning about ourselves. But here's the deal. God is always good. And so I'm just calling you out right now. If you're walking through something, when you follow Jesus, it's not always easy. It is often painful. It is often hard. But I promise you, it is always, always, always good. It is good. Because you see the unexpected victories. Okay, one last story. When I was 11 years old, my family went to this little church in this little town of Clinton, Ohio. And um, church never grew to more than 200 people ever. My dad actually helped physically construct the church building. It was right across the street from our house. But I was 11 years old, and I was sitting back here right where this guy in the, I think it's a red shirt you have on. Um, yeah, wave your hand there. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, raise your hand. He's, he's doing this. Okay. Is it a seal? What? <laughs> okay. And I was sitting right where you are. And um, Mabel on the, started playing the organ for the invitation hymn. And Pastor Norman Maynard, who'd been our preacher my whole life, he gave the invitation, and I was scared to death. But I stepped out of that seat right there, and on wobbly legs, I walked down the aisle, and Pastor Norman took my hand in his, and he said, Greg, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And I said, I do. 
And he said, do you accept Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord? And I said, I do. And right then, we walked up. There were changing rooms up behind, and we put on these white robes, and we walked down into the water, and Pastor Norman took me in his hands, and he said, I now bury you with Christ in baptism, and I raise you to walk in the newness of life. Now, here's the deal. I was 11 years old. I didn't fully understand what I was getting into, but it was unexpected victory because it would change the trajectory of my life. It would transform my eternity. We, we, we buried my mom three weeks ago. I had the absolute privilege of sitting with my wife and with my mother while she lay in bed and stroking her forehead and singing some old hymns to her and praying with her, and then she passed away the very next day. But because of that decision that that 11-year-old made and the decision that my mom made, the unexpected victory is that I will celebrate with my mom in the presence of Jesus, right? That's the importance of this kind of decision that we have the opportunity to make. It's an unexpected victory when we give our lives to Jesus. It's an unexpected victory when we're baptized into Christ and raised with him to newness of life. It's an unexpected victory when we follow him and he places us on this journey that is filled with adventure and wonder and pain and joy and amazing relationships that he brings together, right? It's unexpected victory. And one of the most important things that we can do One of the precepts of what it means to be a Christian is to follow Jesus, to follow his example in every way. In Matthew chapter 3, it says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. He was right, no kidding. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus says it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, the baptism of Jesus, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were split open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son that I love who brings me great joy. And think about that for a minute. When we take that step to follow Jesus in baptism, that same thing happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. It's like what we just sang about. And God says, that's mine. That's the one that I love. Following in the example of Jesus. In John 3, 16, you know this verse, it's, all over the place. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who what? Believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, it's that belief we place in Jesus. The the water doesn't save us. There's nothing magical that happens in the water. It's an unexpected victory. 
We, we place our belief in Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, this incredible, diverse environment, a whole lot like this church, Peter's preaching the apostle, and people are saying, what should we do then, Peter? And Peter says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to repent, and then I want you to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And repent just simply means I'm going my own way. I'm walking this way down the street, and now I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's what it means, right? We believe, we repent. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if we'll confess Jesus with our mouth, if we'll say it, I believe, Jesus says, well, then here's what's going to happen. When you get to heaven, I'm going to say to God, that one belongs to me. And the moment that we believe and repent and we confess, it's sealed. It's a done deal. Jesus says, when you go down in that water and come up out of the water, God is saying, yep, that's mine. That's my child. That's my child. When we say that, when we confess that, Jesus says, I will confess you before my God in heaven. There is never, you don't have a thing to worry about, ever, 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 ever. Some of you think, well, what if I'm bad? What if I screw up? Well, welcome to the world, right? Because here's one thing I know about being a pastor for 40 years. We are all a mess, every one of us. And that's the whole reason we need Jesus. But Jesus says, if you'll confess me in front of others, I will say to God, that one belongs to me. And then in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we have these, this incredible image. I love this image. We were buried with Jesus through baptism. Buried. And then we were raised to eternal life through God the Father. That's unexpected victory. I don't understand it fully. But God says, this is the example that I'm setting, that Jesus follow him. And I don't have to understand it fully then. I didn't understand it when I was 23 and my fiance dumped me. I didn't understand it. I understand more of it now. I didn't understand it when God wouldn't let us buy the house in Canton, but I understand a whole lot more of it now. And I didn't understand it fully when I was 11 and I gave my life to Jesus and was immersed in baptism, but I understand it a lot more fully now. And you can too. So here's the deal. I'm putting this thought. We're gonna, I'm going to call you up here to be baptized. We got a bunch scheduled, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. Because some of you are going through something right now, and you're going, I don't know if that's... Yes, it is. It's the unexpected victory. Yes. Listen, some of you were baptized as infants, okay? And here's what I want to say to you. Thank God your parents loved you so much. Man alive. Thank God. But I'm inviting you to affirm that baptism now by being immersed following the example of Jesus as well. You can do that today. Listen, men, let me talk to you, because a lot of us men, we have this pride thing going on. But the victory can't be yours. It's not we who bring the victory. One of the things about being baptized is you make yourself pretty vulnerable, dudes. If I'm in the water with you, I might hold you under a keel. Make sure it takes. Okay, so if it's you guys, put the pride aside, take the unexpected victory. Some of you said, I didn't come ready to be baptized. I'm in my Sunday clothes. I got a dress. I don't care. 
We got stuff for you. It doesn't matter. I'll get in the baptistry with you. I don't have other clothes here. Chip does. I don't have other clothes with you. Chip's going to get in the baptistry. You want me in there? I'll get in there with you wet. And then I'll drive home. No big deal. This is the biggest unexpected victory you can ever give in your life, right? All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to stand because this is what we do. And Chip said I can do whatever I want. In, in the heritage service, come on, stand up. I wasn't allowed, but in this service, I'm allowed. Do it, and let's get our band back out here and musicians because we need music and stuff during this. And let's bring the house lights up now because we are expecting God to pour out his spirit now in a proud, profound way. And we all want to hear um, our guest Dove Award. Uh, heck, she's going to be a winner sometime. Uh, sing again. So we're going to sing. And those of you who are ready to be baptized, who've already made that commitment, come on up and you can get in line. Chip and Terry are going to come over. And if you're ready, let's just make a line over here. We're, we can, you know what? Let's just stay here all day. Let's have a party, okay? Let's go. Here we go. Hey, uh, 